Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody, Rawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey again. I'm not going to fuck about introducing the film or anything. We're just going to try and get through this this fucking film as quickly as we can and move on to other things. Agreed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that pointed at me? Uh, um, we'll try not to talk about talc or um, it, it, interactions with... Young girls, when you were oh, that didn't sound right. When you were a teenager, well, we, we, no, we did we did this in the early days of the podcast. We had a thing for people to write in about called um, "Sex Fails," which was basically yeah. about all the different times where we'd just mucked up what might be called mm. open goals. Yeah, you didn't realise. And in the mm. end, we did. Have, and, and the reason we're talking about it now is that on the last episode of Yesterday's Hero, I ended up taking up about half the episode of me just telling my sob stories about romantic mm. incompetence from my youth, which is mm. something that when you're a middle-aged man, been married for a long time, unfortunately, sometimes your mind wanders into that. And it's yeah. just embarrassing. Easy, but, easy you nostalgia. know, I'm all about honesty. Um, of course. I, I'm embarrassed to think those thoughts. It's pathetic. Um, but sometimes you do, and I think all men it's do, and that's why we—that's why we had it as a topic. But unfortunately, we had to drop the topic because it very quickly became really horrible. Where people go, it was basically okay. Yeah, this bird was well up for it, but I should yeah. have pushed the opportunity harder. And you're like, oh yeah. no, that's not what we want. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember one or two of them, which I think we possibly should have referred to the police. Um, yeah, but yeah some regret there um right so um speaking of drunk possible sexual encounters um uh, cloudy martin has left the restaurant where clint simon and jake marsh and all the other hierarchy of the saints are having a, a meal and she gets home and rod is waiting outside cloudy's uh apartment he is drunk he <laughs> says hello <laughs> Ooh, how do you do uh, hello uh, hello madam she says if you think you're getting another cup of coffee because last time of course she took uh, took him back for a coffee to sober him up and they ended up spending the night together uh, he says I've had a couple of drinks I could quit any time I want to uh and, you know, she knows where this is going. She says, I don't want you. He says, I want you. <laughs> and he's in no condition. He's well, in no condition maybe, at mate. all to be. 
Although it, it worked for him last time, didn't it? From the disco. I want you. She says, this could have worked out a few years ago. He says, now I'm ready for it. I can handle it. <laughs> so he's thinking about Can't more than see? just a leg over. I'm in the prime of my life. I've yeah. never been stronger. I've never been drunker. Um, he's obviously thinking about more than just a bit of a leg over. He's thinking about like a full-on relationship because she says, this could have worked a few years ago. He says, I'm ready for it. Now I can handle it. She says, you can't even handle your own life. Now let's just say goodbye. And he shakes his head like, you know, that really vigorous way that someone drugged us like, oh. <laughs> you know, like, like when, you know, like when a horse shakes its head. <laughs> and a, oh, yeah. <laughs> they oh, do oh, that. The horse has said no. He <laughs> like does it like that. He goes, I don't want so. I don't want so. So um, theatrical drunkenness from Rod. And she says, I do. And she just goes in and leaves him. Um, so that's a, that's a sex fill there from Rod or from Cloudy, depends on where you look at it. <laughs> then we go to the Ivy Leaf Working Men's Club where Rod's dad and his pals all hang out and where Rod likes to go for a drink. Um, <laughs> this is a fucking great scene. <laughs> I love this. Uh, Rod's dad comes in and Rod gets him a pint because Rod's sat at the bar chatting to uh, Sue Osman from, yeah, from the Oscar, EastEnders, from EastEnders. Cafe. Yeah. Um, and um, so it was weird that Ozcabs that they ran a mini cab out of a greasy spoon. Yeah, but and it was just on I'm one of the tables in the corner of the of the cafe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a booth over in the corner, yeah. and they had to keep running back and forth. Sometimes they were like frying some mm. eggs, and then the phone rang. Like, oh, we get that alley. Well, I'm doing these eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone well, better was, get it. It was peak Thatcher, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Entrepreneurism and all that kind of thing. Exactly. Well, that's why they ended up getting fucking... I'm pretty sure they decided they needed to take on help. And yeah. I think Ian Beale got involved, the young Ian Beale, who yeah. already had a nose for business. He did. He did, yeah. And, of course, he ended up owning the cafe, didn't he? Of course he did. And, and of course, uh, Ali's brother, Mehmet, appeared on the scene oh, yeah. as well. And he, he, he usually had some... Some schemes and plans. He was dodgy, wasn't he? To get Ali involved in. Yeah, I think that's probably what led to the end of the marriage. Ali got out of his depth. Did Ali not get involved in gambling debts or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Schools, I think, with Mehmet. So yeah, uh, Rod's dad asks Rod if he'll be okay for the final. Rod says, "Yeah." The dad goes over to join his mates in their boozy card school that they have in this working men's club, and they start talking about Rod. And one of the one of the old fellas says. uh, <clears throat> he'll never get to the final <laughs> so they're just slagging Rod off in yeah, front of Rod's to his dad, own dad. When, yeah. when Rod's just standing 10 foot away at the bar he says he'll never get the final and the one goes told you he was too old didn't I and then the first one goes he'll get to Wembley alright cleaning the shit house <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is brutal he's got him really hard there uh, but it gets better. Rod's dad just picks up his pint and chucks it in the bloke's face. Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. Oh, old men fights. No one wants yeah. to see that. No, you don't they, old men. They haven't got the testosterone anymore. I couldn't get in a fight anymore. In a pub. I ain't been to a pub for fucking years. My my dad, um, a few years ago, might be going back quite a few years now, might be 10 years, but that would still put him in his 70s. He told me a story quite casually. 
and he'll tell you shit and it kind of scares you and freaks you out. And then the moment you start asking more questions, it'll just be like, shut up, stop talking about it. But he told me <laughs> that he was in his local Starbucks and there was a Frenchman about his age, right? And he was holding court with the yeah, a bloody Frenchman in the local Starbucks. Can you believe it? That put my back up right from the start, right? And there was a Frenchman and he was quite, from what my dad said, it was the bloke was like a bit of a character and was holding court and flirting with some of the young women right. who worked yeah. behind the bar. Now, I know, my dad didn't admit this, but I know that's the sort of fucking caper my dad likes to get involved in, right? Yeah. He's a grumpy <laughs> cunt, but sometimes he'll turn on the charm around yeah. young women, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Frenchman was... And this Frenchman was turf. basically doing it, and in being yeah. French, he was probably better than my dad at it, right? <laughs> and he was making these girls giggle and laugh. And my dad was like... My dad's version of events was, but I've been standing waiting in this queue for ages. And he'd got mm. his coffee, but he wouldn't get out the way. So I had to stand <laughs> and bloody listen to his crap, right? While I'm there thinking, <laughs> when do I get my coffee? And in the end, the man turned round to me and he started trying to engage me in his uh, routine. So I said, give me a break, which is one of the phrases my dad uses. Give me a break like that. And yeah. uh, and he said, Baden, what did you say? And my dad told him to fuck off, right? <laughs> and the man went, he went, and you know, before I knew it, the man had me by the throat and was <laughs> saying, you cannot talk to me like this. And I was like, well, what did you fucking do? He goes, well, I was trying to fend him off. And in the end, some people came and broke it up. And I'm like, how old is he? He goes, he is about my age. And I remember <laughs> being, I, was, I was so shocked. I was like, what are you fucking f- having an old man fight in Starbucks for? You shouldn't have told a Frenchman to fuck off just because he was trying to chat the Dorises in there. <laughs> I am a Frenchman. I am within my rights. We are still in the European Union. <laughs> Stand aside, <Wow>. Frenchman. <laughs> I'll take care of this. <laughs> Frenchman, this is a Starbucks. Go to Denise de France if you want to peddle your corny and cheap chat-up lines. <laughs> the euro starts in Pancras is that way, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Go flirt with your own women. Your own kind. <laughs> I can't believe that. Give me in a your break. Your own language. Pardon? <laughs> Fuck off. What? And he called my dad's bluff. Yeah. Because sometimes my dad is rude like that, and sometimes people like that. In a way, I sympathise with the Frenchman because sometimes people will just call your fucking bluff if you go around telling mm. them to fuck off in a yeah, Starbucks. Yeah. It can happen, yeah. But I'm glad my dad wasn't beaten up by a Frenchman in Starbucks. That would have been too yeah. much to take. That would have been, yeah. It went as far as it needed to go. So, uh, yeah, the Rod's dad hurls a pint uh, in his mate's face. There's a bit of a scuffle, obviously. A bit of pushing and shoving. Mm. Um, Rod looks at this and just sighs and decides to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but Sue Osman asks him to pay for his drink, and of course, remember he had uh, he had a tab going before, didn't he? After he'd won the semi final, yes, he did. He had a bottle of champagne in for him and everything, and they had a tab going. And uh, now he's been suspended. Tab gone. Mm. Um, Sue tells him that she she says, "You know what the boss is like. The situation is changeable, <laughs> so he's no longer <laughs> in the favour of the uh, the boss of this working men's club." Just to the left of Sue Osman, we see the barman. I don't think he's the manager. I think he's just a barman. And it's PC Tony Stamp from The Bill. Remember him? 
Which one is he? He's PC Stump. You'd know him if you saw him. But PC he's, uh, Stump. Another another great um British soldier. Oh from yeah. The 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Good he's solid, there. honest officer. Yeah, yeah. He's there drying some pint glasses behind the bar. And as Rod leaves, the old men have made it up quite quickly. And uh weirdly, the one who got the pint in his face seems to be dry now. <laughs> but there we go, another continuity error. Rod then goes on to the kids' home. Uh, where he takes the kids out for football training now and again, and the kids all run out of uh, it's a nun house, isn't it? That they're living in, run by yeah. nuns, boys' home. Uh, the kids all run out, get in the van. But Rod asks where Marek is, of course, is Rod's favourite. They've got a special bond, and Rod was going to get tickets for the cup final for Marek. And uh, one of the kids says, He didn't want you to come, he says, You've been telling him stories. <laughs> so Marek's obviously disappointed. Everyone's disappointed in Rod because he's been suspended. That's what we're learning here. It's all falling apart for him. Uh, Rod looks crestfallen, but then a nun tells him that Marek's disappointed because he's on suspension. And he was looking forward to him playing in the final. And Rod says, I will be playing in the final and I've got a ticket for him. <laughs> uh, and if, if I don't play in the final, I tell you what, I, I say this, I'll set up another final. Just would mean it. And he could come and watch that instead. I have my connections at Wembley, you know. I have have it opened on a Sunday. Just for me and some close associates. I made a few favours by some of the security (laughs) men there. I can get get in where the bins are. I can climb over the top. Um... (laughs) And Rod says, tell him I won't let... I mean, I'm doing Rod as a drunk here, but Rod's not drunk because he's about to drive the van. All right, he might be drunk, but he's going to drive the van. Um, yeah, he's probably just come from the working men's club where he's had a pint. Uh, he says, tell him I won't let him down. And the nun says, if you're sure, Mr Turner. He says, oh, I'm bloody sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't, mate, don't talk like that to a nun. Rod swears in, Rod swears in front of a nun. She says, Andy, do, you, do you ever see many nuns around Sunderland? Well, Sam, this suggests to me that you don't listen to my Beans on Toast podcast with my son. Oh, I haven't listened to the nun-themed ones yet. Got no. a regular feature in there called Nun Watch. <laughs> and every every episode, we go up against each other to see who spotted the most nuns since the last episode. But really? So you be- both see a few a week? Well, we, this is the thing. It's usually nil-nil. Uh, um, <laughs> which usually nil nil. There are nuns because there's there's a Catholic school uh, in the city, and there's at least two hangouts for nuns. So the best place to see them is Marks and Spencer's after <laughs> after afternoon on a Sunday because they've been to the Catholic church around the corner, and they usually go to M and S for a bit of shopping. Or maybe a that's a bit pricey for nuns. How much do you reckon nuns get paid? Ah, nuns are doing all right, I reckon. They must be if they're fucking doing their shopping at M&S. Well, I mean, priests get free accommodation, don't they? And so do nuns. Do you think nuns get paid cash in hand? Do you reckon it's a tax thing? Yeah. Cash. Cash only, sorry. If you want any nun in done, that's fine. Um, I'm busy beginning of next week. Back end of next week's fine. I can come round, give you a quote, find out what sort of nun in you need. Then I can... I can get you a quote. Can't do Sunday. No, Sundays are Sundays. always out for me. And then I'll give you a quote. <laughs> the quote will be fair, and I can knock off the VAT and then some for cash. <laughs> What's that? You want to pay 
No, <clears throat> no PayPal, nothing like that. I mean, I'll rephrase it. I'm, ca- I'm a cash-only non. When and I to be cash, honest... I mean actual folding notes in my hand. Because some people think you can do it with a debit card now on one of those little swipes. That's not things, cash. Or PayPal, but no, no. I'm old school. Cash. And I tell you this, if you want to go, if you if it works better through your books, if you go and find someone that you can pay with a card or online, good luck. But I will tell you, you will get the same from most nuns. Most people in my business, they do operate cash only. They're a com- Listen, I believe in tax as much as the next cunt, yeah? I, be- I would never evade my taxes. Would I avoid it? Would I be canny enough to pay as little as is legally possible? Why not? It's all about Why not? the rules. The rules are there to be interpreted. That's all I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Some rules non, are there. I work hard at me nodding. So, some rules aren't there. You know, they're not even rules. They're, they're, they're guidelines, if you like. Yeah, I'm just saying, just stand over the folding notes and we'll People be People right. talk about revenue and customs like they are, you know, what? Gods. They, they're, the, they're the arbiters of what is wrong mm. and right. But I, I tell you what, I answer to one god, and that is... God himself. He is my revenue and customs. And let me tell you, I pray to the con every night and he is perfectly happy with my tax affairs. Well, at least he's never said it to think directly about them, so I'm guessing he's fine with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we do none watch. Um, how did we get I that? am terrified when I see a nun, which then I feel guilty about because, you know, nuns are... Devoting their life to to kindness. So, what do you think they're going to do here? It's not like I don't know. It's because see a copper. My mum was raised by nuns. Oh right, okay. She had a convent, and she filled me with fucking utter. She is terrified of nuns. Yeah, she yeah. hates them, and so and they were pretty mean and cruel to her, right? And so, from a very early age, she just fucking told me about nun shit all the time. Nuns yeah. do this, nuns do that. Nuns are fucking mad. Nuns will beat you with a ruler if you wet mm-hmm. yourself. That's one of her favourite ones to talk about. Uh, nuns lie about you. Nuns tell you that you're going to hell. And so mm-hmm. I see these nuns, and I think they're agents of evil. But that's just my mum's experience back in the 1940s that, and 50s. I, I think, yeah. I think the modern nuns are a lot softer, but my my ex-wife went to a Catholic school and she has some of that experience mm. of nuns hitting kids with rulers and stuff. But they then her mother, rulers, yeah. her mother was at the school, so that's the generation kind of the same as your mum's yeah. generation. And they were. They were fucking brutal back then. Yeah, yeah, they were well brutal, yeah. But, I mean, you know, there's, there's some horrible stuff that happened in Ireland in uh, in the Catholic with church with nuns and, and orphans and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you. So I'm right to be scared. Yeah, it's in their DNA. Let's say, but they've they've got a softer image now. Let's just say that they're working on being. Well, they've uh, got PR friendly. now, haven't they? It's like the yeah, footballers. That, they've got PR advising them. Yeah. You know, they all get media trained. They've got like stylists and advertising agencies yeah. and brand experts. The old nun thing's been rebranded countless times by top global yeah. agencies. And suddenly we're, were gonna... all supposed to believe they're cool and trendy. Mm-hmm. If you were going to do an interview with a nun today, as your, you know, as mm. Britain's top journalist, yeah. you'd get 20 minutes. There'd be a PR person sitting on your shoulder yeah. telling you what questions you can and can't ask. Yeah. And then when your 20 minutes is up, bang, you're at the door. Yeah. That's how it is now. That'd be it. 
That'd be it. It would be in a sort of a suite at the Dorchester, mm. right? And they'd just be outside sitting in a mm. line like a doctor's fucking waiting room with mm. 20 other journalists all waiting for their 20 minutes. You'd feel like a fucking... You'd feel like a punter visiting a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Not a probably- top journalist interviewing a nun. <laughs> Would you? And then they'd... You know, they wouldn't even do the interview in the first place unless there's a plug at the end of the interview for, like, some wimple or something that they're Yeah, what it is that We're launching an app. Mention yeah. the fucking app. Yeah. Non-app. <laughs> Makes yeah, non-inaccessible to everyone, wherever they live. Um, and we've monetized it too, and it's sponsored by Aviva, the insurance outfit. <laughs> Nunsurance. It's like Sheila's Wales, but we're nuns. <laughs> I go in, and I go, right, first question. When did you first think about being a nun? <laughs> fucking hell. Yawn. Read the fucking cottons. <laughs> I've answered that one a million times. Go on the internet, do your fucking research. I'm not answering that. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, next question. What's your favourite thing about being a nun? What's my favourite thing hell. about being a fucking nun? Jesus Christ, who made these questions up? Your kid. They've sent the work experience lad along. What the fuck's this? <laughs> I heard you were supposed to be good. So You're far, this is a fucking joke of an interview. Jalapeño. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. I'll tell you what, I talked about Sheila's Wales a few years ago. My car insurance was due, and I went on a comparison site. And the cheapest came up with Sheila's Wales. Mm. Apparently, you don't have to be a woman to get insured by Sheila's Wales anymore, which was their original yeah. um, US, US pay, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And I felt slightly emasculated. So you and did go stupid, with them. isn't it? I did go with them, of course, because it was the cheapest. Mm. But I just got this glimmer of just, I just felt slightly, should I do this? That was a should battle inside you between the two yeah. defining elements of your personality. <laughs> Logistics... And yeah. masculinity exactly. and logistics one, which is the right outcome it in my did. opinion. It did. I thought I'm going to play with me, play with me sexuality a little bit here. Yeah, I'm you, going you to must, go with Sheila's wheels. You should have just felt like David Bowie. You were being a drudgerous. That's cool. That's 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 the mindset that I put myself into. When Bowie I would have fucking Bowie Bowie. I guarantee yeah. you, Bowie would have got his car insurance with Sheila's wheels, even if it wasn't the cheapest. He would yeah. have just done it for the crack. He would have done it because it just would have felt right with his oeuvre. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going with a viva. I'm not. What? Why would I go with a viva? <laughs> or first oh, direct? Man. No, it's not first direct, is it? What's the one with the phone on wheels? Direct, direct line. Direct line. Direct line. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Um, where are we? Yeah. Rod and the nun, he swears at the nun and he says, I'm sorry, sister, tell Marek it'll be all right. And as he, he drives the van off to take the kids for training, Marek looks out from the window of the nun house looking really forlorn. Oh, poor Marek. Oh, I feel dead forlorn. Marek, by the way, is Kelvin from EastEnders. 
East Kelvin from EastEnders again, another mm. EastEnders connection. Then we go back and Rod enters his bedsit um, and he walks over to the kitchen area of the bedsit, which is about fucking four foot by four foot. It's a tiny little area. I think there's like a stove to yeah. fucking boil his kettle on. And there's a I fridge don't think he ever cooks it. anything for himself. Yeah. He's a pot noodle man. But what he does is he gets his bucket. He keeps his bucket in his kitchen. Yeah, he gets his bucket. Every bucket. And he gets he goes around the bed sit and he picks up all the booze bottles and he puts them all into the bucket. Right, that's it now. That's it. Once and for all, that's for good. They're all going in the bucket. Do you know what this means? <laughs> all of so you come on, gather round all of you and get in that bucket. And they all start to dance like in Fantasia where the brooms yeah. keep separating into more and, and more And he looks brooms. a bit scared. Yeah. <laughs> but amused. Fuck that out. He puts all his booze into the bucket and it's all it's very full very quickly. <clears throat> so this is it. Enough's enough for Rod. It's time to change. It's redemption time. Um, and then he leaves the bed sit and uh, the milkman's there with his milk float. Rod asks him for an extra pint, which he gives him because the milkman's his mate. Everyone's Rod's mate, aren't they? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and Rod sits on the wall and drinks half the pint of milk. It's a lovely low wall outside. The, it's a perfect height for sitting on. Yeah. You, you Good can't, sitting wall. It, it's that sweet spot of a height of a wall for sitting on. Yeah, it's not um, too low, not too high. You don't have to push low, yourself up on your hands. But yeah, equally, exactly. you don't have to squat so low that there's a chance you could wobble the, off. Your knees come up around your ears. It's a beautiful height of a wall. Don't I mean, forget, we about we, walls. We, it is still an ongoing mailbag subject, which is send us your walls, your favourite <clears throat> yeah, walls. Yeah, wall stories. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, I mean, this is essentially a wall podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know at the heart of it remember another topic um, we had which I didn't catch fire but I think we didn't promote it enough was standing around st- standing around yeah have you got any pictures a- of yourself standing around or just great stories about standing around or spots that you used to like standing around we're talking about in the old days because of course nowadays no one stands about anymore do they no no you get They're arrested nowadays somewhere. yeah people are always somewhere aren't they People are always something. on their way. Oh, sorry, I'm on my way yeah. somewhere. Or I'm on my way back from something. They're never just like, I'm just having a little standabout, mate. Mm. So, uh, yeah, all the uh, the boozers in the bucket, he gets a pint of milk from the milkman and he sits on the wall and he drinks half of it straight away. Because back then, of course, milk was the fuel of athletes, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was like... We yeah. were let the believer you just drink milk, you'll just be really It was good it was good strong. appetizing because I believed that when I was a kid I was, I would always like I actually hated milk. I still do. I I have it in tea and coffee, but I don't like milk on its own. Do you not? Nah. Oh, I love a bit of milk, mate. Oh, I never have a glass they, even of milk. Had, they didn't even have semi skim back then, it was just full fat milk, wasn't it? Yeah, creamy With milk. Cream on the top. Yeah. Oh. I hate it. And maybe I hate it because of that those bottles they gave you at school that have been left out in the sun. They'd always warm. have like yeah. a bit of bird shit on the fo- foil <laughs> lid and it'd be sort of warm and they'd have lumps of cream in it. Oh. Anyway. Oh, sometimes the birds will have pecked into the foil because they were yeah. just left outside, weren't they? And the you'd be a bit like, I remember going, the birds been at this? And they'd be like, fucking drink, drink it. it. <laughs> but what? <laughs> fucking drink it. You don't need to know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's really horrible and a bird's beak has been inside it 
<laughs> What's wrong with a bit of bird's beak in your milk? It's not going to kill you, is it? It might. I've heard of something called bird flu. I've got a note from my mother. Fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Drink the fucking milk, dickhead. Go <laughs> stand in the corridor, Timmy. I've got a note excusing me from milk. <laughs> I have an allergy. <laughs> but like, no one's got an allergy to milk. I did, despite the fact that I hated it, I did it when I was going to football training, often like down a big glass of milk because I just uh, believed yeah, all yeah, the hype. What you did. Yeah. yeah. Or you'd come in from playing football and you'd have a glass oh, of milk. You wouldn't have, have some water. milk. Nah. You never had water, did you? You'd have like a glass of milk or a fucking well, kind of coke. Caitlin or Moran uh, tweeted about that a while ago, didn't she? Saying in the eighties, no one ever drank water. No, never. No, and the she only was time absolutely you ever got right. Water, the only time you ever got it was when you had school dinners, and there'd be a big water jug at the end of the yeah, table. Yeah, you'd be like, and you'd pour yourself a glass. It was like, oh, you'd this, almost feel this sick. Like, nothing. Oh, yeah. water! <laughs> Just liquid in my mouth. <laughs> Why yeah. doesn't it taste the black carrots? It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it was. It was like torture. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh I'm going to be sick. Oh, water. <laughs> and then, time. even in the 90s, I remember I went to university and I used to keep next to my bed a big thing of juice because you'd always wake up like pissed with a dry mouth. But it <clears throat> yeah. wouldn't cross my mind, despite the fact I was an impoverished student and water is fucking mm. free. It wouldn't cross my mind to have a glass or a bottle of water next to my bed. I would have yeah, yeah. a big fucking thing of apple or orange juice, wake up in the night and just fucking guzzle that. That's and all then I suddenly... drink, tap water. Huh? That's all I drink now, tap water, tea, yeah, coffee. Yeah, same here, look, I've got a bottle obviously. of it here. I fucking love yeah. this stuff. I don't even like... I'm so into tap water, I don't even like other brands of water, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I can't... I can't be... I'll tell you what we've got, though. If you want fizzy water, because fizzy water's like a luxury, but you don't, mm. you know, like we didn't like loads of plastic in the house because of the environment. And you, like, you know, just buying loads of fucking plastic bottles with fizzy water in, because mm. I like the bubbles. <laughs> so we got a fucking soda stream, mate, because oh, now they're not yeah. as elaborate as they used to be. Make your yeah. own fizzy water. can even sell yeah, it if you want. One. We've got one whenever you use it. We oh, use well. it quite a lot. Fizzy, fizzy water oh. at dinner time feels like a right luxury, mate. Well, I don't like fizzy water, so... Don't you? Nah. Why? I like it still. <laughs> you know where you are with a glass of still. <laughs> I prefer still to fizzy, but fizzy sometimes yeah. just, it just spices things nah. up a bit. Nah, that's overrated, fizzy water. Yeah. But, right. but when you were at school, the other time you would have water would be if you'd been doing some very physical activity like sports oh, yeah. or something and you'd go into the toilets and they had a water fountain that you could drink yeah. out of that we had water fountains water in the nice. playground as well did you outdoors yeah, yeah. that was when water That's was London nice school mate yeah it's a difference isn't it um anyway let's get on with this fucking film uh so yeah he has his drink of milk and then he just puts the fucking bottle on the wall and runs off. I'll leave goes that there. A, goes for a run. He's just had half a pint of milk and now he's going to run around with half a pint of milk lying on his guts. Oh, listen to this, right? My ma- A mate of mine who I know, not a close mate, he's like um, the husband of one of, of my good wife's mates, right? But he's a funny bloke. He's a barrister, yeah? Mm. 
and we were walking along by the river on Saturday or Sunday and um, we saw him and he was sat and I've, I've spotted him a lot actually in this particular spot down by the river, Britain's hardest river Thames. And he's there with his daughter who's about eight, right? And they're just sat opposite the pub by the river on a wall, nice wall sit, right? Yeah, good. Um, quite a high wall and made me nervous because on the other side it was the river. So I... Mm. I got a bit nervous thinking they could topple it. But anyway, I get up close to him and he's got a pint on the go, right? And she's yeah. got a lemonade. But next yeah. to him, he's got a small plastic half pint bottle, like milk, milk bottle, yeah? Right. But it's filled with beer, a half pint. Right. And I go, I hadn't seen him in about a year and a half, two years. But I didn't even say hello. Well, I went, all right, what's all this? And he went, ha, 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 ha. And he didn't want to answer. And I went, no, what, what's what's this? You, what's in that bottle? It looks like... I said, are you using that to piss in? Because obviously it did look a bit like piss. And he went, <laughs> no, 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 just an extra... He went, it's just an extra bit of beer. And then he left it at that. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about it. And then I worked out the pub. So he sat on a wall opposite the pub, but there was a road there. So you have mm. to come out of the pub, cross a road, and then on the other side of the road, there's a wall by the river, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, he's gone for a drink with his daughter. And he's he's thought, rather than keep going back and forth, because I can yeah. do a pint much quicker than she can do her lemonade, mm-hmm. I'm going to produce, I'm going to have a plastic bottle. So I can say a pint and a half. And, I can, yeah. and I'll tell him to put the half in my empty plastic milk bottle so I can carry I that with me across the street. But then I thought to myself, because he told me he was there because his wife was around the corner visiting her sister and he obviously couldn't be asked. And, well, I'll wait at the pub while you're doing that. i pub instead because that's yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> but I thought, imagine the planning. He's got up. He's thought, right, we're going over there. There's that pub I like, but there is a road that you have to cross. So going to the bar is a bit of a hassle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and get a half milk bottle, empty it out of milk, or just finish finish it, drink it, right? <clears throat> rinse but, it out. Then I'm going to rinse it out, leave it to, maybe to drain for a little bit on the draining board, and then I'm going to carry it out of me. Well, I mean, it's not an easy thing to put in your pocket, and it was a summer's day, so we didn't have a coat or anything. I'm just going to carry this empty half milk bottle around with myself just so I can have the convenience of having an extra half on me across the street. Fuck I thought, that's real dedication. Well, but, I, I, I am awarding him a logistics gold star. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's just an extra bit of beer. That's it. No further explanation. You can tell he's a barrister by trade. Yeah, yeah. It's just an extra bit yeah, of beer, mate. What do you want me to say? It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> beer in a bottle, isn't it? Extra bit of beer. I carry Lovely. this with me everywhere, even in court, because you never know when you might need an extra bit of beer on the move. <laughs> So Rod goes off uh, on a run with half a pint of milk lying on his guts. <laughs> Inside him, curdling away. We get we get a montage then of Rod doing exercise stuff. He's running around with his fucking... Oh, yeah. Run, this is like his up. budget Rocky Four training scene, isn't yeah. it? There's this kind of soundtrack music, which is a bit a bit synthy and a bit saxophony as well, mm. which suggests kind of action and progress and, and you know, yeah. stuff yeah, happening. It's, it's, it's straight out of Rocky. I mean, this film came yeah. out in 79, so the first Rocky films, I think one and two had already been out, maybe at least one. Yeah. 
So they, the filmmaker had obviously seen that. The filmmaker, who was a sports photographer and would have been very tapped into that, well, would have thought, right, this is the birth of the training montage this era. Yeah. And it's a well, decent one. I like ca- it when he runs over one of those bridges you get that go over A roads. Yeah, yeah. But the the music's a bit um, cheap. It's a bit reminiscent of Gregory's Girl soundtrack music. Yeah. Which was about the same time as well. But uh, yeah, so he's, he's doing his montage. Um, he buys a newspaper from a street vendor. For some reason. Part of his training. Um, probably to see if he's in the team or not. Quickly stop but and buy a newspaper. See what this, Andy this, Cap's been up to. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is Rod's blueprint for physical perfection, 1970s style. It's like, yeah. put all your booze in a bucket and then go for a jog and you'll get back in the team. See that bridge he so, runs over back and forth, right? In one of those foot yeah. bridges that goes over roads. Sorry to go back to that, but I'm thinking about it now. It's like, those bridges are funny because you see them all your life don't you, mm. when you're driving around? Mm-hmm. And yet, I don't know if I've ever actually used one. Well, they're for locals, aren't they? If you're driving under them, chances are that you're not going to be living in the locality to use one. can't yeah. think of any that I've used. There's plenty of subways where, I mean, subways have played a yeah. huge part in my life, but yeah. footbridges, not so much. It's almost like I feel they're there for decoration, not for actual use. Yeah. Oh, we had two fantastic subways at Shiny Row when I grew up. Mm. Just yeah. up, just along the road from where that wall was that I've told you about. They can you. be intimidating, though, can't they? Subways. They can be. These Shit goes ones down in were, subways. These ones weren't very long ones, and that's why they were good. Yeah. They were just road width. Some of them, you know, can go for quite oh, some distance. They can go there's, underneath there's two one. roads. Uh, people all, people, <clears> anyone who's ever, ever, anyone who's ever used the M4 or i 4 well, know that they're at Hogarth Roundabout by the Fuller's Brewery. They might not know, unless they're locals like I am, that that is a fucking, what's the word? What's the? It's like a maze, right? It's like a fucking mad maze underneath that big junction, right? And yeah. there are corridors. You can go down there, you can be lost for fucking months down in that subway. Yeah. And actually, you know, I've had mates who have, who have had violent things happen to them down there mm-hmm. because it's it's a fucking mugger's dream once mm. you're down you're down and without a fucking app or a map or a fucking sherpa to guide just you instinct yeah you could just disappear forever yeah it's uh the dark side of subways isn't it <laughs> it really is <laughs> that would be a great documentary presented by andy dawson this week on yeah. Discovery, Andy Dawson on the dark side of subways. Subways. They're useful way for getting from A to B without having to deal with busy traffic. But they can also be a hive, a hive of criminality. Come with me, Andy Dawson, as I explore the dark side of subways. <laughs> Here we are today in leafy West London. Doesn't look like the sort of place you'd feel threatened. Looks like a lovely place for a walk with the kiddies. But lurking beneath it is one of the capital's most perilous subways. And I'm about to go down there. It's a subterranean nightmare. Come with me. (laughs) Oh, Subways are the worst. I still get a bit scared when I walk through a subway. Yeah, I try and avoid them now. The subway men may get me. But I'm old enough to cross roads now, so I don't need to use the subway. I fucking run um, full pelt across the A4 rather than go through a subway. Ah! 
It's like be- Frogger. Yeah, exactly. It's better than risking encountering the subway people, as I call them. Yeah, <laughs> subway people. Subway gremlins. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave it there. We haven't quite got through the end of the film. I reckon as Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Only one more episode in this if we try really hard. We'll see. We'll see. Back again next week. Goodbye. Stay on ground level if you can. Yes. Above ground better than below ground. That's what we say. (laughs) 